this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Cool. So I know this this session is it's going on a little bit long, and if you've uh, followed along this far, um, I don't think we're going to talk too much more about protein skimmer fundamentals and like what you need to know about protein skimmers. But if you're diehard and then you want to follow along, we're just going to kind of go through a list. You know, go down memory lane of uh, some of the most iconic protein skimmer models of the last like 30 years because some of them have had like some real lasting power and um like i said uh, i believe yeheim was the first company to produce the the first aquarium commercial protein skimmer but you know the um really the salvo the opening salvo for protein skimming in a saltwater aquarium environment is sanders Mm. And what's funny about that company is they make the ozone generator that I use. I use a couple of versions. Um, but you can still get the Sanders Piccolo, which is an air-driven protein skimmer in tank. This is not an in something. It's got to go in your tank. And um, all of their other protein skimmers are like just giant commercial models. That's weird. So they got the little Piccolo, Piccolo that you suction cup to the inside wall of your tank but they don't have anything in between that and you know public aquarium skimmers yeah yeah <laughs> as, as far as i know there is not a consumer grade version of a sanders protein skimmer that isn't air driven hmm. you know when you go when well when we went to Inderzoo, it's just like either a tiny little thing that you can put in your book bag or a giant thing that you can go swimming in yeah, you with airflow meters, with you know, with with wash downs, with multiple pumps, with yeah, just I don't you know I'm not sure if they make a needle wheel version either. I, I it, it's been a great. I haven't been to interview in a while because there was a big delay with COVID and stuff, and I still think they're like stuck on or committed to the venturi. You know, I think their designs are are just so uh, entrenched that even their customer base wouldn't want them to release a completely different version yeah i'm looking them up right now i was just curious what they were up to i haven't uh oh page not found that doesn't bode well okay <laughs> so i would i would say like the second historical protein skimmer is the tunesy the original tunesy turbel dock skimmer almost virtually no one will remember this it was at the tunesy 235 and this skimmer was so weird because it was like almost horizontal, not to be confused with a horizontal protein skimmer, which I never wrapped my head around. So I'm not even going to get into it, but it used like a, a very aggressively spinning design mm -hmm. that would, um, with a, like kind of a very squat, short bodied. And I remember that skimmer was like the one for a particular size of aquariums and it would spin so aggressively that it would build up carbohydrates down in the body of the skimmer. Do you remember that? Yeah. But and it had, had this design that the body. Um, was advertised as being plankton friendly. Remember? Cause it had like a gradient so that 
it wasn't directly sucking water into an intake, but it kind of like passively pulled the water in through, uh, um, I guess like you call it a grate. And they were like rail mounted, I remember. Yeah, um, they were very interesting. They had their moment to shine. You know, like many things that Toonsie does, it, it was unique. They definitely charted their own path with that one. And I it was think, updated with a DC version at some point, but even that one's been discontinued now. The Comline series, uh, I think, is highly underappreciated. Um, in the era of all-in-one nanos, right? And where you're perfectly willing to give up tank real estate to like a built-in sump in the back, right? Um, go buy your favorite size rimless tank, buy a Comline skimmer, which is now magnet mounted, buy a Comline filter. They, um, they're better than hang on the back skimmers because they surface skim. So you mentioned the buildup of proteins on the surface of the tank, right? Uh, which is why we want water to overflow into our filtration into, you know, but I use them on my little uh, quarantine tanks and I sit there and I think, man, I could just set up like a nice bare bottom reef, throw a comline skimmer and then a comline filter with a bag of carbon in it and it'd no be, sump. yeah, it'd no be overflow. the perfect all You're in done. one. Um, mm -hmm. it, so anyway, and, and when they made a DC version of the comline, to me that made a decent skimmer, an amazing skimmer, like they're great. Yeah. So if you are listening right now, I mean, I know this is kind of minority these days, but if you have a medium sized tank um, and you don't want to add a sump, you're totally right. Those Comline skimmers, just like everything that Toonsie does, they are they are a different breed. They they really work. I've seen some amazing tanks and seen a lot of great skimmate come out of those things. And then once they became DC, they just took them to another level. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, I would be rem we would be remiss if we didn't mention our K2 protein skimmers out of uh, San Diego. Um, they're primarily commercial protein skimmers, but they've had some like larger consumer-sized protein skimmers in the last 10 years. The last real hardcore reefer that I know that really swore by them was Kevin Cohen of Live Aquaria. And um, they just, they, 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 they miniaturize a lot of the protein skimmer principles of larger tanks into um, firmly medium-sized protein skimmers, you know, so I'd say like 125 gallon and above. It's just kind of hard to justify them because you're looking at a four to six, seven hundred dollar price tag without the pump, you know, but if you want to process a lot of water, these Venturi-driven protein skimmers, um, they will, you know, they will carry their weight. They will really do a lot of work. Um, it's just the only thing that's a little bit different from them from a lot of other protein skimmers we use today that are made out of acrylic is there's a lot of injection molding and it just has a cheap feel, which, you know, you don't need that much plastic to just hold some water. It's just when you're spending that much and it's injection yeah. molded, it just doesn't give you the feeling that, you know, you could go to war with it. So that's RK2. And, uh, you know, I feel like the first real iconic protein skimmer on this list is also the first one, uh, not the first one I ever used, but the first like dedicated protein skimmer I ever used. It's the Red Sea Berlin. 
the triple pass counter current Venturi protein skimmer had so many permutations. It had an in-tank version, a hang-on version, later on a needle wheel version. And I think the only reason the needle wheel version kind of sucked is it had a like a shitty pump on it. You know, it wasn't like, well, there was no DC pumps at the time. And, um, but yeah, the Red Sea Berlin protein skimmer, I'm just, I am literally keeping my eyes on eBay for like a good new inbox model. And a couple of them have like slipped through my fingers at like a hundred to $150. Um, because I just, I want to revisit them. I don't know how they would compare to needle wheels. And I really want to put them kind of head to head. Uh, you know what was cool about them too is they had um, – I don't know if it was on all models, but I remember certain models had a uh, carbon uh, chamber on top of the collection cup. So if you yep. think about like that this. nasty skimmate smell, like that was pretty brilliant. Or if you're well, running it was ozone, kinda, you know. It was dual purpose, right? There was a separate little cylinder like a puck that would literally just fit on top of the lid could put your activated carbon in there and it would suck out any or absorb the smell and or the ozone mm-hmm. and that kind of tells you when the peak was for those particular protein skimmers it was you know when the the, the gunk was real and ozone use was a lot more common well and it, that's the kind of the cool thing about a company that makes a bunch of products is that they have to factor all that in cuz Red Sea also made uh, an ozone unit, right? That was my first ozone foray was a Red Sea um Oh god, what was that called? You know what I'm talking about. It was like oh, made yeah. in the same housing as their Wavemaker. <laughs> um, yeah, that company still makes those uh oh my god, I was on the kick on a forum like two or three months ago and I found the OEM for that and they make the same thing and just slightly different housing. It had a built-in uh, ORP probe. Yeah. So you didn't go above 400 millivolts. God, it, was it called the Ozomaster or something? God, I was just researching this a few months ago. But if you if sell an like ozone an unit, model. you have to sort of make your skimmer ozone mm-hmm. you know, ready. So uh, I thought that was cool. If there's an, any entrepreneurs listening right now, there's definitely a gap in the market for just a small, you know, low milligram per hour ozone generator. You got me you, thinking you, when you brought up the five milligrams because I feel like even the nano size ozone is just too much. You know, you got to put it on a timer, run it for a little bit, preferably at night so it dissipates before you come downstairs and have to smell it. But if you had one that just put a minute amount in but just continuously just you know just enough to do a little bit of breakdown of organics and stuff like that's actually brilliant you know Um, a tiny one would get you a lot of mileage i run my 200 milligram on my 600 gallon system at about 125 milligrams so like 75 percent or just under that and then on my 400 gallon system or tank i run the 50 milligram um at about 60%. 60%. So let's say 30 milligrams. Especially you know, if you're talking water clarity, you need very little. Like the, the Red Sea, I remember I had it dialed down to like 10% because that's all you needed just to clarify the water. I have an Ultrazone Nano, which is that UV-based one. And I mm-hmm. love that they called it a Nano. If I run it for an hour, I can't come down into the basement. Like the basement just smells hmm. intense. That's interesting because the ones that I use 
generate technically a lot more ozone, but I don't know if they're just processing a lot more constantly that they're just, that the ozone is getting used up. I, I have to turn both of them to like a hundred percent and then I, I start smelling it a little bit, but only when I get close. Yeah. But you have a more enclosed space versus like the really open space of the studio, which well, is, yeah. you know, 2,400 square feet. And this is um, 90 I, milligrams or 80 milligrams, but there's no dial on it. It's just on or off so it's going a hundred percent right so yeah and who knows how well mine are performing based on how clean the um corona discharge part is but with the uv um yeah you're doing a lot more um so i actually live a couple exits down from morrison right the studio is literally 10 minutes from morrison colorado which is the home of jeff turchek's life reef protein skimmers and I get an email from him uh, almost every other time I write about a protein skimmer, which he's railing about needle wheel protein skimmers. And I had to explain to him that there's no such thing as a needle wheel protein skimmer. There are protein skimmers that are designed to handle needle wheel pumps. I'm sorry, I, there's no such thing as a needle wheel pump. There's regular pumps that are adapted with the needle wheel impeller. But anyway, he... When I was thumbing through the 1992, 1996, 1999 magazines, his, ma his advertisements are in there. And as far as I know, he is still advertising in Coral Magazine. And there is some, you know, there's something to be said about a, a company like his that is still around making cell cast acrylic, right? No one's even talking about extruded versus cast acrylic anymore. Yeah. But he makes really hardcore, well-built hand-built equipment and um you know i think the only downside is it's it's all venturi based because he just has a crusade against needle wheels but that being said life reef was a really important brand in you know probably most of the 90s and maybe early 2000s and he still finds a small following but there's a lot of design elements of his protein skimmers and his sums that have uh continued to this day and so um, I think one thing we didn't really mention about the protein skimmer accessories was that recirculating loop where protein skimmers tended to, Venturi protein skimmer, especially the Venturi valve, tended to dry out and create a buildup. Well, he was the first one to use quick disconnect fittings to connect the Venturi to the outlet of the protein skimmer cup. So it would always draw in um, humid air that would either prevent the, that, that lime or salt creep buildup or actually dissolve it out. You know, so that's one of those things that we've forgotten, but now we have these uh, closed loop protein skimmers. And I feel like, you know what? I feel like some of that CO2 scrubbing would probably benefit from being on a Venturi protein skimmer with that recirculating loop more than needle wheels. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the Aqua Vitro skimmer and that can be set up as a recirculating pump skimmer, right? Or no? They mentioned it in their early marketing materials, but they haven't made just a couple fittings available to enable that. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say that, that would be uh, an interesting development i mean i would actually consider trying one where i could recirculate the venturi or the needle wheel and then just go richard harker style and like pump like very little water through it but you know what's funny is um we're gonna 
get to some of these other brands, but um, I both uh, the Fat Cube that I moved earlier this year and finally yeah. really got going in the last handful of months. Um, I put a very small uh, reef octopus all in one protein skimmer on there because it just it really punches above its weight class. And I was just looking at it and seeing a little bit of nutrient buildup and algae growth in the aquarium and realized it's just, it's just not enough for 200 gallons. You know, that skimmer would rock 75 to 90 gallons. It's, um, it's I think it's a reef octopus regal S super space saver 110. If you want a really small but you know powerhouse protein skimmer, that's a great one. But I realized it's it's not good enough for 200 gallons of volume. I finally cracked open the box on the Seachem uh, Aquavitro Division 500. So I've used a 125. I'm still using the 250, and finally cracked open the the 500. I just set that up this weekend, and it's just kind of really cool to see a classic. Uh, taller, long contact time, um, needle wheel style protein skimmer. And it has a separate uh, barb at the top that's kind of just kind of shut off with just like a little bit of a cap. But there's nothing preventing me from basically connecting the intake of that pump to the base and adding another feed of water to it other, other than I just don't want to add another pump to it. Mm. But uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. I just mm. added one. A few days ago <laughs> still still tuning it up um okay so one protein skimmer that really had a long period of success is the top fathom if you know that name you've been in this game for a really long time do you remember top fathoms i do but i was looking but you never at your used one. shared list and i don't i remember the brand i just forgot what they look like so i had to do the a top quick fathom were unique because they weren't made out of acrylic uh, they okay. were made out of pvc they were white pvc right. with kind of like melted parts where the venturi went in where the outlet came out and they were kind of tall but because they were made of pvc instead of clear acrylic um they were cheaper and they had a clear top and so that's where you could see how much foam was building up but man that brand was like a i don't know it, again like we said it's all about the pump that you use to power these protein skimmers and that applies to the older and the newer protein skimmers and the top fathom man they were kicking around for a really really long time even past their prime you saw these being sold on used uh, aquarium markets up until you know late you know early 2010s because they were just durable they were pvc and they wouldn't break it was just all about that pump and i guess you know, the only thing that really held them back is they were still Venturi driven and um, it was because they were tall. Um, they were using a lot of fish stores, but they weren't really amenable to being modified or upgraded with needle wheel pumps. Yeah. And if you love thumb uh, screws, <laughs> that's the skimmer <laughs> that, for you. That old chestnut. Yeah, the top, you definitely had to oh, use, man. you know, thumb screws to, to remove in that one. Um, so another one that was kind of niche, but people really swore by, and this was the last great Venturi skimmer that I ever used, was the Marine Technical Concept Power Pro. It used a, um, a lifeguard pump for recirculation, 
Remember that? And it was yeah. Venturi. And I used this at Aquaria, um, I'm sorry, at Marine Fish in Marietta. And it had a stem that came up the middle and it spun around. So there was two outlets, but each outlet's kind of like pointed in different directions yeah. to create that spin. And it was recirculating. Oh, man. I, uh, I pulled a handful of friends recently, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through their answers at the end of this. And uh, that one came up a few times. They didn't even remember what it's called. They were like, oh, the MRC, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And they described it. I'm like, did you mean the MTC, not the MRC? So the Marine Technical Concept Power Pro was a great one. That company made the high-speed aeration model that we described with the downdraft chamber in the center of the cup and the, um, the reaction neck. And it was incredibly terrible to, to clean service. But the recirculating Venturi version, that's one that people remember. So my saltwater mixing station is not very high tech, right? Um, it's trash, brute trash cans. But so my salt mixing trash can, I have an Eheim 1260 at the base sitting inside. And... Um, the output, I put a PVC and then I put a T and I basically did what the MTC skimmer did, but kind of angled, angled the uh, 45s downwards a little bit so that it churns up. And it, yeah, it, the inspiration was that skimmer and it just kind of creates like a cyclone in the bucket, you know, for mixing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny that you brought that one up for that reason. They also, was it, weren't they based out, were they based out of Texas? Um, no, no. I think it's New Jersey or New York area. Who came and up man, with the it, bullet skimmer? You remember that one? I think it was a Beckett style. Precision Marine. Precision. They were from Texas, right? Precision Marine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, um, yeah well, while we're talking about it, Precision Marine had their moment in the spotlight. They did. I, some of these brands like ETS and Precision Marine, they still had a big market in Japan of all places where – they were that was their primary market and i don't know whatever happened to precision marine but i i remember writing about them as recently as i don't know like six seven years ago and um their um their pm1 and pm2 bullets um kind of had a, a hybrid protein skimmer between the aqua c and like a regular downdraft where the beckett was placed a lot closer without having this, like, this huge downdraft chamber. Um, God, I love this part. I feel like we're really getting into <laughs> the weeds of talking about a reef aquarium protein skimmer history, but this is what reef therapy is about. I, I, remember, I remember in the Reef Central days, people had moved on from the, um, the, the Beckett's and the downdrafts, and everyone was doing needle wheels, either Dell Tech or you know, some of the other brands that I see on our shared list that you're going to mention. Um, Euro Reef, but then I started digging around into Japanese websites because this is pre-social media, right? So there was still what people were doing in other countries was still sort of a black hole, especially Japan, because you know you go to a Japanese website, the language barriers, yeah, huge. Google Translate wasn't really happening yet, and but you just start to do like they had these apps that would um, pull down all the images from a website and just collect them in a folder for you. So I would do that on these Japanese reef sites because I was fascinated by what the you know what was going on from a reef. They just had really interesting reef tanks, and I remember thinking like, man, a lot of these guys are still using back then 
we're still using downdrafts and Beckett's and MTC. ETSS and Precision Marine Bullets. And I was sitting like there those, like, electricity they, they, they is so expensive it. in Japan. I was surprised to see that, you know, but they were really, lo- back then they were still in love with those skimmers when we had jumped on the Euro needle wheel bandwagon here in the States. So we already talked a little bit about the ETSS and that's the uh, Environmental Tower Super Scrubber. I don't know what much what more can we say that you know we when we were describing yeah. downdraft protein skimmers, dude. ETS was like that was the royal exclusive of its it day. Was. It was just, but they really worked and there was really novel technology to it. But um, if this comes out in a second part, definitely go to our first part when we talk about uh, downdraft protein skimmers because that was the version. It was, you know, polished edges and uh, just really swanky protein skimmers and just, you know, it, you know, one thing I, I appreciated about them is that they weren't easy to use <laughs> because it made me feel a little bit more like a technician when... I succeeded in really dialing them in. You know what I mean? And that's part of their downfall. Like, and and it's, it still shocks me to this day. I think I, I wrote a post on Reef Builders, I don't know, four years ago when I toured the back of some public aquarium and they're still running like three or four ETSs. I'm like, oh my God, it's like seeing an endangered species, you know, in its natural environment. And they, they still have great applications, but it's like a, it's a sweet spot. They're not great for tiny tanks. They're not great for the hugest aquariums, but there's like a middle range of like 200 to 600 gallons where they're like they're really really effective because you can pass a lot of water through them a lot of processing through them a lot of wet skimming through them and they were one of the companies that made an automatic waste collector because by default your etss downdraft protein skimmer um either skimmed really well or it skimmed really wet and you were collecting literal gallons of really dilute skimmate. And a lot of the uh, carbohydrates will build up on a two to three foot neck that you had to clean. That's where a lot of the heavy elements or heavy proteins would really build up was on that neck. Yeah, I I still think for large applications, they're probably uh, great. I think Sanjay uses a DIY version. He, he upgraded to a Deltec about a year ago. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. But he had essentially a homemade version. The only thing I, I would knock him for is they added a bunch of bioballs to like increase the crashing or whatever. And almost everyone I know, myself included, just took out all the bioballs because they didn't crash on the water any better. It, worse, it was worse without the with with the bioballs because they would just get scummed up and not really crash the air and water mixture nearly as much and then with the Beckett it was just like a whole different story it just got way better once you added the Beckett um so yeah that's the ETS that we you know I think we covered that really well when we were talking about the downdraft protein skimmers um but one protein skimmer that was like I don't know if any protein skimmer has ever been this ubiquitous besides you know some of the the Sanders versions and the uh, Red Sea Berlin is the CPR backpack that was my first nice skimmer, right? I I had a uh, skilter, which was, you know, it was a skilter. Um, and then I remember I was getting more serious with my 29-gallon reef tank in college. 
And I remember ordering a CPR backpack from one of those uh, mail order places in the magazine. And uh, that thing was good. I didn't, they kind of sucked in the beginning because they used those Rio pumps that would seize up on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you probably used a later iteration that I only read about where going back to the Harker article, they had a little pump on the base that was generating the micro bubbles. And then they went with a really small uh, feed pump on it. And I always thought, man, that's brilliant, you know, but I never got to try it because I just never had a use for a skimmer. Uh, that the size CPR that backpack was easily the best selling protein skimmer from like 1998 to like 2002. Yeah. You know, and it was a stepping stone into needle wheels. So anybody who's still listening to this giant long diatribe about protein skimmers, this was a really important model because it didn't really have a needle wheel, but it did have these weird paddles, you know, on the impeller that were just, I don't know, semi-perforated. But the important part of it was that it drew the air into the pump before going to the skimmer. So it didn't create a cloud of foam, but it created really fine bubbles. And you had this hang-on solution that you could add the bio bale. Do you remember the bio bale? Mm-hmm. And that was your biological media. You could add a little bag in there. And it was kind of like an all-in-one filter for the time. But um, this the CPR backpack, I think it was... It followed the CPR C clone, not to be com- not to be confused. I'm sorry, C clone, cyclone. The CPR C clone, not to be confused with the. Uh, um, oh my God! Yeah, all these names are. The, no, there was out. a C clone uh, made, I think, by Aquarium uh, Systems. That aquarium was... Systems C clone. Yes, theirs was the cyclone, and it was in a sump, right? And so the backpack was the evolution of the cyclone in the tank, and you know, for years we actually knew about the Aquamatic Turbo Floater. And it was like this rare, not that expensive by today's standards at all, but it was just hard to get your hands on true needle wheel protein skimmer. And what was unique about that model compared to today's versions is where today's needle wheels have the pins that are perpendicular to the spinning you know, dimension, to the spinning axis. The turbo floater used pins that extended outwards, right? So it was literally the pins made up the paddles yeah. of the impeller. Um, and, uh, that, that was like, unlike anything. I remember the turbo floater. I remember the T 2000. I remember the giant T 10,000. That was like six feet tall that I used at an aquarium store. That was revolutionary. That was just such a breakthrough. There was other companies that had made needle wheel protein skimmers like Deltec, um, like uh, DOS. I was going to uh, say Aquarium Dutch Systems. Aquarium Systems, which yeah. was a basically like a Deltec-esque skimmer. Yeah. yeah, very much so. But the first mass-produced one was that turbo floater. Yeah. That turbo floater just changed the game. There was an in-sump version. There was a hang-on version. There was a larger version. Again, we're still talking about... They were using kind of crummier AC pumps. Now, the Deltex and the DOS used Aquabee pumps with just really great needle wheels that create like freaking whipped cream, the likes of which we had never seen before. <laughs> but yeah. the turbo floater was just such an important device for its day. It, 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 it laid the path laid the groundwork for just like all the protein skimmers we use today. If you guys have any idea, 
If you guys are listening to this right now, wondering how we can dissect protein skimmers so much, you have to understand that there was a time where you had to work at making your protein skimmer actually function. Well, and right, you're like think about going through because you're you're pretty well going through these products or brands in in the way that we encountered them in timeline, right, and the way that they were released. And so you have to factor in there was like this massive change in evolution in skimmers. So it was, you know, you'd be running uh, Red Sea Berlin and then you look at a turbo floater and be like, oh, this is this is better, you know? This is hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like the first 10 to 12 years of LEDs. Yeah. People were changing their LED lights, which are supposed to last five to 10 years almost every year and we were doing the same with protein skimmers because of development and improvements in performance from year over year which is so freaking massive yeah i mean uh going sumpless the options in skimmers was terrible for a while it was yeah. the prism you know and then yeah. then you did have hang on versions of the turbo floater the cpr backpack i think was so popular because it was the first skimmer that you would recommend to somebody you like <laughs> you know, if they were like, hey, I'm going, I, I want to set up a saltwater tank. I don't want to deal with a sump. You'd be like, all right, I got a CPR backpack, you know. Don't get me wrong. The uh, Rio 600 and 800 versions that, that I sold, I sold so many of them. They're like 200 to $230. You know, they got to think this is 1990 to $2,001. You know, that was a reasonable investment in a protein skimmer. It wasn't like pocket change like it is today. Um, when it was clean, like, oh my God, it was incredible. But yeah, they, you know, those were very, very weak pump. And then the Red Sea Prism came out, which had just like a dramatically different shape to the overall protein skimmer. You know, it was like all, all injected and molded and it was like really flat and hung up the side of the tank and it had a, you know, definitely it's time to shine, but we should definitely talk about a couple less than awesome protein skimmers. There's... And that would be the C-Clone that probably only got discontinued two to three years ago from Petco and PetSmart. You still see them sold in like the local used markets and uh, C-Clone never worked great. There was, it, it was too cyclonic, not yeah. enough air. Both you know, like that one and the Skilter were popular to mod with a wooden airstone, old school style, you know? The, uh, the Skilter... I don't know if it was Red Sea Berlin that I had first, the Skilter. I'm going to go ahead with the Skilter. There was two models. Oh, I did I say Prism? Use... I meant Skilter. Yeah. I would love to use a Skilter again. So Danner, the 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 maker of bag drive pumps, re-released the Skilter, uh, I don't know, like three, four years ago. And the price was stupid. I would love to use the Skilter again just for nostalgia. But I remember the noise of the the air going into the skimmer or to, into the pump all the time so it's just as like a hang on bike power filter there was no needle wheel and component but so every time air would bubble into that impeller chamber it was like see and, and i remember well. that was the first and thing i ever had on a 55 gallon tank and it was like white noise like i could sleep to it you know? <laughs> no, okay there's there's something to that but you're totally right that many of us modded them with a add-on wooden airstone yeah and it, you had your pro then you had your protein skimmer hang on back power filter all in one and um it was very satisfying but not really efficient but yeah. um you know what i'm gonna reach out to Danner and be like yo 
I, I need to play with one of these again because it, it be just just for the memories, just for the memories. But yeah, that was a really easy sale, right? When I think the C clone was like seventy nine, and eventually ninety nine, and I think it was a larger model. Um, and then the skilter, you'd be like, oh yeah, here's your filter and skimmer on in one, but it barely skimmed. I don't remember pulling out like, you know, a big. You know, cup full of funk from yeah. that thing. It never really smelled. It like it skimmed just enough to barely pass as a protein skimmer. It was like this That's yellowy sure. water that would go in there. And then when you modded it, it was like you mentioned the Sanders Piccolo. It was like like putting a Sanders Piccolo in an Aqua Clear filter. <laughs> That's all it really was. Basically, yeah. yeah. So we talked a little bit about the um, Aquacy earlier because they were the only company that made this um, spray injection style protein skimmer. But, you know, the, there was definitely a, a long period of time in the Reef Aquarium hobby where a lot of people did not have a sump. Yeah. Right? That's why hang-on models like the Red Sea Berlin, the Turbo Floater hang-on, the Skilter, the, and, this, and the Seaclone, they, they really thrived. But I sold a ton of the Aquasi Urchin protein skimmer yeah. that used just a regular um, MaxiJet pump, and it spray injected, and it was made out of acrylic, and it was just really freaking nice. It was a it was a black box, and it skimmed pretty well for the time. And they you know, had a bigger one candle. called the Urchin Pro, I think. Um, they had Urchin Pro. I think they had a Remora. Oh yeah, the Remora. Was the Urchin in sump? And Maybe. then the Remora was hanging yeah, on? I think yeah, you're right. All right. Rewind. Urchin was in some version. The Remora was the one that yeah. hang on, hang, hanged on the tank. But it, it was just nice to be able to sell somebody a really nice, you know, handmade in America acrylic protein skimmer um, for, you know, 230 to 250 depending on the size. And it came with a, you know, a then um, very reliable aquarium systems maxi jet pump before it was uh, bought over by, by Marineland. Um, but that was another protein skimmer. You know, if you're still listening to this giant long trip down memory lane that Mark and I are taking on protein skimmers, if you remember the Urchin or the Turbo Floater or the Seacolone or the Skelter or some other model, the Mombasa is another one that comes to mind. It, I still find a little bit of like old stock on eBay. Let us know, you know, what's, what protein skimmer kind of got you started because uh, we still have a few um, models to to go through. So we talked about ETS and Precision Marine Bullet being popular in Japan. You know another brand was super popular in Japan? H&S. Yeah. H&S was a great needle wheel protein skimmer because they use an Aqua B pump. You want to know some fun, something fun, man? I actually have an H&S. I have a recirculating H&S that I bought when I worked at the fish store in 2008. I remember spending $700 and my boss was so freaking mad at me because that skimmer did not look like it was going to do the work. He was upset. He was upset with me because he trusted me with the budget. And then when he saw it skim, he was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I gave you so much flack for, for, for purchasing this H&S. And I don't know what H&S is doing these days. I guess they're still out there. I think the last I checked their website, they were distributed for like G-Bow pumps and they were putting a bunch of like cheap Chinese motors on, on their protein skimmers. But I'm not sure where they're at these days. But that was a major, major brand. Yeah, um, I'd say mid-2000s, the Euro skimmer brands 
got real popular uh, around the time of Zeovit and uh, H&S was one of the top dogs in that. Uh, I mean, Royal exclusive, of course, but... Uh, but you know who is the top dog in America? Euro Reef. Yeah, but... So I had one and it was... It replaced my ETS Reef Devil and I was blown away by it. But then the reliability issues of the Cedra pumps they used just kept rearing its ugly head with that skimmer. And I started to envy the Deltex and the H&S that had the more reliable Eheim or Aqua B skimmers. So that's, that's my only gripe with Euro Reef was like those Cedras, I, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but I, I had to replace them on occasion. Um, but the, they were Euro Reef was the brand to beat. Yeah. I actually have two or three Euro Reef protein skimmers that inherited from Rob Mouget from his, you know, garage basically that I haven't um, like refired up. They don't have working pumps, right? Yeah. They they used um, Cedros. I think Euro Reef used mostly Eheim pumps, but it was like the same Eheim Obby pumps that were like 20, 30, 40 years old that Eheim is still making. Like, okay. I get it that they're workhorses, but they have not been improved. Um, but um, I liked yeah, how Reefs. fat they were. They were like little uh, Star Wars robots, the big ones, the ones for like a store, mm -hmm. huge tanks. They were squat and suit. Like the lid, the collection cup was, yeah, like two feet wide. I'm probably exaggerating, but I was like, man, they are, they, they're not going tall. They're going wide. They had a regular version and recirculating versions. Yeah. I think I have one of each, but I think... You know, the price was definitely kind of cost prohibitive in the U.S. because, I mean, they were made out of acrylic. But the brand that so many people used and some people still use to this day is ASM. Yeah. I have no idea what ASM stands for. But ASM was exactly the same thing as Euro Reef, except they were molded instead of cast acrylic. And where... Your reef often used um, a more expensive and much more reliable Eheim pump. ASM used the Cedra pumps, which were great at production, but they were hot, they were noisy, um, they used a lot of power. And, you know, you could expect two to four years out of the pump at most. You know, and then maybe like five years will be like kind of a record. But, but you refused the Cedras for their internal internal only skimmers as well i think that your reef only used eheim for the research uh if okay. I recall, I, I, so. that, that could be a thing but i yeah. remember we didn't sell your reef your reef was something i looked at in in the advertisements because i was a, a poor young lad at the time and i'm like nope i can't even pretend to look at all those digits yeah, like i, I said i had to split ASM. mine on a credit card <laughs> back then asm g2 g3 g4 plus and uh god i think as recently as like Five years ago, maybe ASM was uh, starting to use some CJ pumps, and I'm sure there's still a small um, stream of ASM protein skimmers being sold out into the world because they were just simple, super simple, reliable. Like it's not the skimmer that's reliable, right? It's it's about the pump, and um, yeah, they worked really really well. Um, they never innovated. They never changed. I don't think you could ever get like a recirculated version, but a lot of stores I worked at and a lot of skimmers I sold were ASMs. Probably um, for all the skimmers I sold, at least half of them were ASM. 
because it was during that period of time where they're they were molded and they were easy and uh very readily available yeah i remember their cups always looked like they didn't belong on the skimmer like they like somebody <laughs> grabbed a skimmer cup from another skimmer and put it on <laughs> so um on the other end of the spectrum was the atb skimmers which as recently as last year was the first company to show off their pump their, their protein skimmers being powered by the um CHA PSK uh controllable version right so they're still around i'm not sure who's buying these or using these but um there was a time where ATB really led the charge with uh specific style of Askel motor pumps with a very large volume and they churned air oh yeah so much freaking air and um they were really expensive really expensive because that cone-shaped body was uh, hand-formed handmade um and that was a lot of work but they're still around um is that austrian i believe so yeah i had a I red one uh i don't forget the size of it and that thing was a beast man i loved that skimmer easy to clean uh did use like titanium screws to put everything together so if you had to clean the body First. out it was a bit annoying to do that but uh yeah no it was just um there was no frills about it but it just it skimmed man that was a good good no frills are you kidding me you used an asco motor block with a customized extra large volute and it was probably the first company that we know of that had kind of a standalone bubble diffuser plate. Yep. And I know a couple of reefers who still use like a 15-year-old ATB and they have just upgraded the needle wheel pump. I wish I had done that. I did not. I, but I had, I cracked it and some other stuff. I could have repaired it, but it would have been fun to keep around, you know, so. But if you can imagine living in a world where every car was square right and all of a sudden you had this svelte smooth you know rounded out hydrodynamic uh sports car that's what atb felt like because every protein skimmer was cylindrical every one we've talked about so far and then atb was like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna make the body a cone shape well and, and it again, really that was it. the era like on the zeovit forums where people were humble bragging and flexing by showing off their skimmate remember that like people i would love to revisit those days it was like nine <laughs> pages of people showing off their skimmate and you know so there was a bit of a hot rod era of everyone getting uh deltex atbs h and s uh there was a definitely like a euro flex going on and I if you wanted bought a dope-ass protein bit. skimmer, it was definitely like Deltec, ATB, HNS. Um, Deltec doesn't get enough credit for inventing the Neo wheel, right? Because Aquabee made the pumps and they sold them around. And Aquamedic made this different version of it with the turbo floater. And that was the model that kind of broke through the Western markets or outside of Germany. But Deltec man they were just like the one to beat for a really long time and it almost seems like they gave up for a while right it's only in the last let's just call it five years that they've reinvigorated their product line with you know new skimmers you got one recently that was uh, self-leveling mm -hmm. they've got an automatic filter roll they've reintroduced their calcium reactors 
I just talked to Delta USA um, about a sulfur denitrator for my fish tank recently. And um, yeah, it's just nice to see Delta back in the scene. Um, although they offer most of their protein skimmers with a Chinese made pump, and you got to pay a premium if you want a German made pump. But uh, Delta protein skimmers, I mean, that was synonymous with protein skimmer performance and quality for a good de decade there. Yeah. And I, I like the innovations they've made because it's a very easy to clean skimmer, like the one I have. You know, you just, you, you don't need any tools to take it apart. Um, mm -hmm. I like that the drain is sort of built into the base of the skimmer. Um, they've done some interesting things with it. Um, I, I don't have anything, I, I mean, I have the Chinese pump and it's held up so far. So as long as they have a good supply chain in the U.S., that's sort of what killed ATB too was when my pump died, there was nobody selling ATB in the U.S. And I couldn't figure out how to get a replacement pump and I was going back this and forth. This is before AliExpress and all of the avenues we have right. now to do the follow-ups. But yeah, that is one thing that killed Deltec and it for a you while know, really yeah. yeah and atb is just you couldn't get customer support you couldn't get replacement parts um even something as simple as just like a just a single ceramic shaft to hold the impeller if you didn't have that freaking one dollar part that, that they probably happily sell to you for like 25 dollars, your entire protein skimmer didn't work yeah you know and that's one of the few things that has kept some of these german brands from really taking over the reef aquarium scene in the united states right if you want uh, product support for royal exclusive now there is a great uh arm of delta usa in the united states now yeah and i have called them up for you know a, just a couple small replacement parts of my twin tech calcium reactor and my automatic filter roll and so like they have addressed that like really head on but it's something that still um kind of plagues uh royal exclusive and, you know, for a while, like, Royal Exclusive seemed, um, or they were, uh, just like the ultimate protein skimmer brand. Yeah, they you were know? the Rolls like, Royce to me uh, for a They long were time. the first one to really push the envelope. I literally um, have the uh, autograph of uh, Klaus Janssen in one of these uh, giant clams books. Because when I was a kid, I saw all these pictures of incredible reef tanks and it just always said pictures, Klaus Janssen, Klaus Janssen. And when I hosted Magna in Denver in 2014, he came over to my house for you know, a big reef aquarium party and I had him sign the book that he didn't even author just because um, his name was on so many things. But he really pushed the envelope with like bubble diffusers, like an internal cone. Um, PVC welding is, the acrylic. That was... PVC welding the acrylic and just really fine-tuning the pumps so he might have used the same asco block um, motor that the atb did but he just took it to a whole freaking another level right he took the the it's like fine it's like tuning a car right you buy this car off the lot and you just tune everything you possibly can until it's just basically unrecognizable from the original model and that's one thing that he did and it was, you know, Roy exclusive just kind of set a benchmark. Um, but unfortunately, I feel like they got really comfortable. I think like Deltec has switched ownership because it was such an old brand. Same thing has happened to Royal exclusive. And I don't know where it stands now, but I don't think Klaus is at the helm anymore. Interesting. Okay. Um, but one brand that was really heavily influenced by 
uh, Royal Exclusive is Vertex. I remember when Vertex launched the cone skimmer with a K and it was such a big deal because all of a sudden, you know, it was like a Roy exclusive skimmer because they had a semi partnership with Roy exclusive. And all of a sudden you could have sort of like contemplate splitting the cost between your bank account and your credit card to get a cone protein skimmer. Cause it used a less tuned Ascol style uh, needle wheel pump, but it was a real conical protein skimmer that you could get in a variety of sizes. And it was a really big deal in 2010. Yeah, I didn't know about the partnership because I always thought Vertex was sort of ripping off the red and white theme from Royal Exclusive. And I was like, dude, I mean, I like their stuff. They made really good stuff, but I was a little bit, uh, you know, thought it was a little too close to the uh, Royal Exclusive vibe. It looked a lot like a um, kind of a lower tier Royal Exclusive device. In many ways it was, but man... um, the Vertex Omega yeah. was such a great protein skimmer. You know, it, when we talked about in, in, enlarging the volume to just have a better air-water mixture, um, just, with, even without being a cone skimmer, uh, the Vertex Omega was just like a really awesome lineup of protein skimmers. And if you can get them locally or, you know, from your used you know, markets on Facebook groups or whatever, that is still a great body. Just, you know, bring your own pump because Mm -hmm. by now any pump that's been used that long is probably going to be, you know, totally worn out. But, um, uh, a brand that is still to this day, um, really respected is reef octopus. I remember my first reef octopus protein skimmers were very similar to kind of like a turbo floater knockoff. And I remember when the power would flicker or like it would go off and we had to turn back on, we always had to like push start the pumps. But Reef Octopus deserves a lot of credit as one of the best protein skimmer brands because they make their own pump, right? Very few other companies that make protein skimmers make their own pump. So we talked about that internal cooling loop. They have a 15 and 60 minute uh, uh, feed timer. I freaking love and that built-in float valve man that that float valve for shutting off the uh, overflow on your skimmer cup is so important you know so I pulled a bunch of people um, about their favorite protein skimmer and I want to go through that last and um, you know reef octopus came on came up I think like 50% of the time probably because they make a huge range of protein skimmers very small to commercial grade. Have you used a Reef Octopus I haven't, recently? but um, I remember, you know, you'd click on them, uh, pick your favorite vendor, online vendor, and I enjoyed the fact that uh, going back to us liking external pumps, they were one of the few brands where they had the Space Saver versions where the pump was inside the skimmer like so many brands, but they were still making ones where the pump was external. And I remember when I was shopping around for skimmers at one point, I think it was for my 225-gallon, that was a huge contender because I wanted my pump on the outside. Um, I did go with a different brand, but um, I think that mostly was just because of cost, right? That tank was, uh, you know, there was a lot to buy for it. So I was like, yeah, this other one's cheaper. But it, I, I was impressed that they still continued to make ones where you could just, you know, pop the pump off. 
clean it, pop it back on. Yeah. So They're definitely early days, I associated Reef Octopus, which is kind of a cheaper Chinese version. And I'm talking 2007, 2008. Today, reef, if you have a Reef Octopus skimmer, you should be proud. Yeah. It has more features than even some of the best protein skimmers. Yeah, right? and they're, so, I mean, they're not expensive, but they're not cheap, right? Like, they're priced for the quality that they are. I would say they're they affordable high-end. Yeah. It's great acrylic, great fittings. I don't really see, there's no, there's no shortcuts. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have, like, the machined feel of a Royal Exclusive or the plastic welded feel of an H&S, but it's solid. It's super solid, and they make their own pump. That means they make their own controller that is fine-tuned for protein skimmer functions, including automatic shutoff, including a 15- and 16-minute timer. Um, you know, the only thing I could, you know, uh, hope for more is there's only five speed settings to the protein skimmer. Uh, you know, as, as a, a protein skimmer junkie, I could, I could ask for 10, but, uh, you know, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take the five-speed settings with the automatic shutoff and the two feed functions over a protein skimmer that doesn't. You know what I mean? Yep. Now, I think one thing I added while we were talking, oh, my God, this is a three-hour session. Of we're almost at the we're, end. I see the list. We're definitely going to cut. This is, this is going to be – people who are listening, still listening know that this is part two by now. <laughs> is the uh, Reef Life System uh, Waveline protein skimmers. This was yeah. the first DC protein skimmer even before Reef Octopus. But I wanted to mention them because they were the first company to create an open volute protein skimmer. And what this means is that there was no housing in front of the Neo Wheel Impeller. And if you're still listening, you're as much of a junkie as Mark and I, because we've been at it for almost three hours. <laughs> so please comment right now on YouTube if you're, you know, if you followed along this entire journey talking about protein skimmers. Because God, I wish I could listen to three hours on any reef aquarium topic. But the the open volume protein skimmer was just really novel because it introduced a space saver design and you know put the, the point of air and water injection as low in the body as possible. And what's funny is that this is a 12-year-old concept that I only first tried out earlier this year with my Ukrainian protein skimmer by Alex & Co. Right? That's an open-volume protein skimmer design with a lot more tweaks. And it's that one's really niche, so we're not really going to get into it. But I feel like it's important to mention that you know the RLSS... Um, wave-lined protein skimmers. That was that was really a turning point in, in protein skimmer history because that was the first line of DC protein skimmers. Almost, I'm virtually, I would say 95% of protein skimmers now are using some form of a DC pump, which is much quieter, much more efficient. Um, but before wave-line, everything else was AC. Yeah, I, that's a, a friend of mine ran one of those for 10 plus years and then the pump finally died. And I think, I, they, I mean, you mentioned they're working with adaptive reefs, so clearly they're still around. But again, he had a hard time sourcing a pump. So uh, I gave him a skimmer I had sitting on a shelf and I think he, <laughs> I lent him one. I think he's still running it, but I don't need it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just keep it. 
All right, so we have just a few more protein skimmer models to go through, um, but I definitely want to mention that My Reef Creation was the first company to make larger scale needle wheel protein skimmers, right? So we mentioned RK2 and Sanders making these like public aquarium size protein skimmers that were primarily using, are primarily using Venturi for air injection. And I've heard a lot of stories from the aquarists about how much trouble or challenges they have with their RK2 or stand, not so much standards because that's a really European brand, but mostly RK2. But um, MRC really went out of their way to first create their own needle wheel impeller for reef flow pumps and um, other uh, external style motors. And then uh, two or three years ago, they came out with their own pumps. But the first um, real hardcore MRC protein skimmer that I ever used was the MRC Orca Pro 4. So they made the one, the two, and the three. And these were, I think, primarily recirculating protein skimmer designs. And they were just absolute beasts. I mean, we're, I mean, we're talking about, you know, downdraft style uh, levels of power consumption in a needle wheel, f you know, uh, design. And they would just just create so much foam and skim so much it was almost like they produce the skimmate of a downdraft skimmer but in a needle wheel style so like you know a three foot tall needle wheel protein skimmer that will just destroy one to two thousand to five thousand gallon aquariums and i know since they've made protein skimmers that are big enough for you to sim, like swim in with mrc orca pro was the first like needle wheel style protein skimmer that was like bordering on commercial scale that they've since upsized and that was that's a really big one so if you have a really big tank or if you have a small public aquarium um the mrc orca pro is like it's definitely the model to be looking at and there's like several sizes of that I remember those. Yeah, I never had to use one because they were way too much for my size tanks. Yeah, the the volume of some of these is the size of somebody's tank. Yeah, <laughs> you still with me, Mark? I know we, this has been a marathon. We got to get that second session of reef therapy before you go out to, yeah. to Hawaii. <laughs> we're we're almost there. No, yeah. Um, another model I want to talk about is the Tunzi ninety four ten DC. That's specific. This, that's very specific. <laughs> I think this is one of the first of uh, Toonzy's first DC protein skimmers. This thing is like 16 inches tall or something. It's self-leveling. There's no way to adjust the water outflow. And it's just freaking awesome. You know, I use them on two tanks. I got another one on the shelf. And for the height, I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, um, that is, yeah, it's a very specific model that I freaking love. And um, I would love to have the opportunity to use one of their larger DC protein skimmers. But I am, to me, that is such an iconic model from Toonzy, the 9410 DC. I have recommended it to so many people who have a very small space constraint, um, who are a very small sump, or just want something that simply works. It's one of the few skimmers that I don't have to tune at all. Yeah. I just turn it down or turn it up. Well, and again, I, I've brought them up in the past, but uh, people don't appreciate the comm lines. Um, it's, it's got 
overflow teeth and it surface skims and you stick it in your tank and it's got magnets so you just mount it and boom you have surface skimming you have awesome the dc versions right you've got awesome protein skimming the only thing i can ding them on is for how much they cost they're 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 plasticky right and i have a hell of a time disassembling them when I want to clean them I always feel like I'm going to break one of the tabs or something so now I just stick them in uh, citric acid in a bucket and let them run and then I stick them back in my tank because I I I try I disassembled them once and uh, it's just yeah they're they're not the easiest to work on I I guess you could say but I mean they're not horrible so the thing about Tunzi is I feel like they put 90% 90% of their effort into research and development. Yeah. And match manufacturing shit themselves. Even their uh, they, air silencer for the calm lines, their latest air silencer is cool as hell. Incredibly <laughs> silent. They have that uh, spiral shell silencer. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I got to I got to hit a broad. Isn't that part of said, the magnet now on the outside or something like that? Like it's all perfectly integrated, I think. You know, I wrote about it. I've never seen one, but Roger just sent me a wooden um, handle for the Tunzi care magnet. Wow. Yeah, it's like freaking machined and stained and really freaking nice and it's for the outside and looks really nice, but it just goes to show that Tunzi puts a lot of effort into the research and development of their products and virtually nothing into their marketing. You know, there's a one-man show that is covering the entire Americas. So... Roger, if you hear this, or someone who knows Roger hears this, that guy deserves a ton of credit for keeping this brand, that brand alive his, in the United States. His name popped in my head when we were lamenting on how Dell Tech disappeared for a bit and came back, and ATB disappeared for a bit just because not a good U.S. presence. And then you compare that to Tunzi, and I think like single-handedly, I mean, I know there's probably a lot of great people that work with Roger and stuff, but... I feel like he really kept the brand going in the United States. And, yeah, you know, you, for you sure, can get parts from him. He answers. He's really active in answering questions. He's the one who answers. Yeah. He'll help in you figure it out. He's been that guy for 15 or 20 years. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a Tunzi fanboy. Like, I've got my stream pumps and, you know, I like my comm line filters. And, yeah. I, but then as a kid, J.P. Burleson, remember he would bring in the Tunzi brand and it was like this exclusive thing back in the 90s and mm-hmm. that probably plays a little part of it. But I, I just, yeah, even their dosing holder thing that they just announced is so simple and so brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. So Very interesting. Um, Nios. Nios protein skimmers are probably the best AC-powered protein skimmers you can get today. There's something unique about them. They use only AC pumps. They still have not made any DC powered version. And uh, it's um, it's a, a pump made by Eden that was actually bought out by, oh God, what is that canister filter company that I literally have sitting around over here? Oh my God, it's a big canister filter company. Um, oh my God, I forgot. But Eden is an Italian company that makes water pumps and they specially made a version called the Viper Pump for Nios protein skimmers. There's something about it that has some special sauce. They have a unique bubble diffuser plate that spins the water. I, you know, I'm thinking that there must be something about the RPMs 
where mm. it just it spins at higher RPMs and chops up the air because there's nothing unique about the impeller. And um, I, the only challenge I've had using it up here at high elevation where the water, where the air is thinner um, is I really have to throttle the air because it will choke on air at elevation. These are so finely tuned for sea level use. And again, this is going to be an alien concept to most people listening right now. But if you live at higher elevation, you will draw in air. But if you get a, a NIOS really cranking, I pulled a bunch of folks and I'm that's going to what I'm going to finish up with. And it was NIOS 120, NIOS 160, NIOS 300. Those are the last great AC-powered protein skimmers, um, especially for in-sump use that are available today. Yeah, and they're, aren't they supported by uh, the Ecotech brand? Like they have a good They're made in backing. Germany. The pumps are from Italy. And they're distributed by Ecotech Marine. So they do have that, uh, you know, kind of that swanky association with Ecotech Marine, but they, they're not using an Ecotech powered uh, pump at all. You would think like they've been distributed by Ecotech uh, for a long time. You'd think that uh, somewhere along the way they would have cross pollinated, but they still haven't. And I don't know if they will. But the standard NIOS 120, 160, 300 and larger are still just. That the you know protein skimmers that people rave about. It's weird because on the surface, the price tag is a little bit up there, right? There's no controllability of the pump. There's no shutoff valve. There's no feed timer. Um, in some cases, the pumps are not awesome at like restarting, but uh, they just when they're working, which is almost all the time, they, they just crank, man. I got a NIOS, I think a 160. No, I'm sorry, I think mine's a 220. That's the other model. That's kind of halfway to the, the the big boy. It just it's really great. It's not as quiet as a signed signal DC powered protein skimmer, but the the scum that it pulls out is still going toe to toe with a lot of other protein skimmers that I have that are DC powered. So the NIOS definitely deserves a spot on this list. Yeah, that's another brand I've never used, but they're very common. I see them everywhere, right? So that speaks volumes to them being a good skimmer is if they have such a high adoption rate. And then I imagine with Ecotech distributing that, you know, if you ever need help with them or a part, you know, to replace yeah, something. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. certain that they have all the parts in stock. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I, I can't think of any hiccups that they've had. They launched this, this line of protein skimmers. I'm going to go with eight years ago, maybe a little bit longer and no one complains about them. I, I, it's just like every other protein skimmer model. I think the smaller models are just not awesome. Like they probably are okay, but the 160, 220, and 300 just destroy. They, it's hard to describe. There's something about it. The bubble diffuser plate has puts a little bit of spin on it, um, and I think the high RPMs of that AC pump um, just really creates a very great foam when it's clean. Like any other protein skimmer, it's got to be super clean. Um, and uh, yeah, it pulls out some really thick funk and it's one of three skimmers. Instead of having one giant skimmer in my 600 gallon system, I have uh, three skimmers. And uh, all right, two more skimmers to get through. The Max Spect Air Aqua and Jump Protein Skimmer. 
These are, I think, they're newer, right? So the Air Aqua is like four years old. The Jump 400 is like two years old. And the Jump 800 is one year old. And the Air Aqua was like the kitchen sink of protein skimmers. It's wirelessly controlled. You know, uh, you can manually control it um, on the controller from zero to 100%. Feed mode, timer functions. It's got the built-in float valve. But one of the things that's really cool, we already talked about the, um, the, the pin ring, the needle ring that further chops up the air after the needle wheel. Um, that creates an incredibly fine mixture. But one thing that we would have been raving about 10 years ago is that there is a little adjustment because the Air Aqua Duo has dual volutes, right? Actually, the jumps do also, but you can tune it to pull water from the body or pull water from the sump. So you can have one side to pull exclusively from the body. So one volute can be a recirculating pump, and then you can fine tune the other side to pull water from the sump, right? So you can really fine tune how much you want it to be recirculating and how much you want it to be pulling in fresh raw water. Oh, I didn't and, know um, that. So it, going back to that gas to liquid ratio, you have some tunability there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Huh. Um, yeah, no, and it has a built-in air silencer that is really underrated because it has dual air intakes. And um, the one thing I can knock the Air Aqua Dua for in the jump skimmer to a lesser degree, it is a pain to service, right? The way that that dual volume uh, water pump or neo wheel pump is put together, it is... Um, it's a process to, it's easier to take apart and a little bit harder to put together. It is not like a just snap on and off, um, uh, regular pump that we're used to. And you got to take the whole skimmer apart and then take the, all both sides apart. You can put the right side together on the pump, man, it's, 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 it's quite involved, but I, I do it. We do that one once a year. We do that once once a year and uh, you know, it's got a built in flow valve, but that is kind of the ultimate skimmer. But you know, if they threw, everything at the Air Aqua Duo, they kind of pulled back a little bit with their jump line. And I feel like the Jump 800 is the culmination of like the best ideas from the Air Aqua Duo. Like for example, the Air Aqua, you can unscrew a thumb screw and then remove some tabs, like push them back and just lift up the body, right? Air Aqua Duo, it's literally a single locking tab. You turn the tab, and then all of a sudden you can lift the whole thing up. You mean Just, the jump so much or easier. which one has On that? the jump. Oh, okay. From, from the Air Aqua to the jump, yeah. right? And then instead of having kind of like molded air intakes and um, uh, recirculating versus, you know, raw water intakes on the Air Aqua Duo, they just went with like to totally siliconed intakes. So you can't do that whole recirculating thing with the jump skimmers, but it's completely siliconed makes it super easy to just put together and take apart. Yeah. And if you have a little, you know, salt creep, just kind of squeeze it together and it'll crunch up a whatever salt creep, creep you have, and you're done. And still has the uh, shutoff uh, float valve and uh, still really quiet, still controllable. Freaking love it. Oh, and it's got a really interesting um, slider for the uh, water outlet. So there's no, it's a pipeless protein skimmer design. It's a wine glass body. Um, but my favorite protein skimmer, 
in terms of performance, in terms of build quality. And I've talked to people who know, who've used a lot of protein skimmers that I've turned on to this brand, love their Ultra Reef protein skimmers. The UKS 160 and 180 and the Typhoon, they use CHA pumps and they use a controllable CHA PSK 2600 and 4000 that are not available on its own for the Typhoon. And they use their own version of an AC uh, CHA PSK 1000 plus for the UKS. Man, you look at this protein skimmer and it's, I don't know, that one, let's say it's like $700. You're like, oh, okay, but you can buy much bigger protein skimmers, especially from Reef Octopus for that price. But man, the build quality is incredible. The gaskets on it are on another level. You know, I gave you a smaller yeah. version of the, uh, the Ultra Reef. And it's just, it's kind of hard to describe. They've been making these same models for like 10 years with constant improvements. So for example, a year ago, I just received a brand new like outflow pipe with a new air silencer, right? That just bolted right onto this big base. And it's, you know, so the one thing we didn't really talk about is um, noise, noise isolation in some of these pumps, in some of these protein skimmers where a lot of German models used like a silicone contact between the pump and the body yeah. to isolate the noise. And Ultra Reef went a completely different direction. They're, well, not completely. They still use a really high quality pump, but instead of isolating the noise, they bolted on the pump to kind of a thick ABS heavy plastic base that stops it from vibrating in the first place. And uh, so yeah, if I had to use one protein skimmer, my last protein skimmer, the Ultra Reef would definitely be it for performance, for uh, quietness, and for build quality. You know, the favorite thing about the one that you let me try was or uh, is, is that you can take pop the neck out of the collection cup. It's just a gasket. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to clean. You know what I mean? Like, so I'll dump the skimmate out. I'll pop the neck out of the skimmer cup. And then you can just get to town on the inner walls of the cup. And then you just have this cylinder that you, you know, scrub clean and you pop it back in and then. Again, I love easy to clean, easy to remove skimmer cups, and then it just pops into a gasket on the pump and you're back in business. We, sh we should mention that the gasket is not an O-ring. Right. It's a unique style of gasket. I don't even have a name for it because I've never seen anybody else use it. But it's, it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's easier to pop off, but it's also tighter yeah. than an O-ring. You know, if um, there's any skimmer I would like to replace my Deltec with, it would be a larger ultra reef on my big tank just because, yeah, the build quality, it's so quiet. It's so easy to clean. Like you said, it's, uh, yeah, I, they're nice. They're very nice. But, you know, it's hard to fix something that isn't really horribly you know like my deltic works so why why fix something that isn't broken? this is the longest session of breathe therapy you and i have ever had i we didn't expect on. it to be for skimmers but i i think the brands took a while I, that, that was a that was a big section <laughs> but yo long if history you're listening right? to this 
if you're listening to this and we skipped some, just realize that Mark and I have been at this for over three hours and that's going to have to be split up into two parts. You know, I want to give some love to every protein skimmer model that I've ever used. You know, the, the, the one brand I didn't really spend some time on, but we touched on is the Seachem Aqua Vitro, kind of rever revisiting some of that long contact time uh, style protein skimming. But this is your opportunity to rate us on your favorite podcatcher. And if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, you know, let us know, you know, uh, just real quickly. I want to just kind of skim through. I did a impromptu poll just, uh, yeah, I guess seven hours ago before we started this. And I asked a handful of folks what they loved And the Scott Anderson of mile high reefers is still running the aqua sea. Brendan Sullivan of Kessel loves his tunesies. Dave Marriott loves his uh, life reef. Um, there's some love for the ASM in there. Dave Botwin loves his Deltec Dua Pump 851. Matt Wandell loves his Your Reefs, um, understandably, but I know he uses a lot of um, MRCs. Uh, Matt Conrad loves his Coral Royal Exclusive. There was a lot of love for Reef Octopus that came up again and again and again. Um, the Old Red Sea Berlin for some old schoolers also came came up. Um, ASMs. You know, Carl Lito Kaloyan of uh, uh, Sea Dwelling Creatures loves his ASMG3. Um, New, uh, New Wave is a company that makes a lot of like acrylic tanks, especially for like jellyfish aquariums and concept tanks. Um, they have a, a unique kind of like niche uh, protein skimmer using a modified Abyss pump. Jeez. But their protein skimmer is a scaled up version of the Red Sea Berlin. So the oh, design wow. is basically a Retsy Berlin with that triple pass, but the feed pump is an Abyss modified with a needle wheel. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, Sanjay said his ETS knockoff. Um, ASM G6 came up again. Uh, let's see another, you know, love for the ASM. I think Brett Harris was trolling with a Skilter 250. <laughs> <laughs> Rod Bueller of uh rod's food yeah um says the ets but only with a good pressure rated pump he's owned a 600 1000 1100 1400 um goodness that sounds like rod's used a bunch of different ets protein skimmers yeah very very cool so that was on facebook man i don't even know where my phone is but i just i want to acknowledge the folks who uh replied to me um let's see There was actually, you know what, there was a surprising number of responses. I think Mike Paletta was one. Uh, Chris Meckley was another. We talked about a DIY protein skimmer that they loved that, that just used airstones, just airstones with a, a powerful pump. Um, Kevin Cohen said his Nios Quantum. That's the official model of the Nios protein skimmers. Um, let's see. I was surprised that Chris Cap loves his... Um, Octopus SRO 800, not that one. I wasn't surprised by that one, but he loved his old Euro Reefs. But today, I think he's mostly selling Air Aqua and Aero Aqua from and Jump protein skimmers. And um, see, Steve Wiest loved his uh, Monster Deltex, but now he uses the Royal Exclusive Bubble King 250 with a DC pump. Kevin Gaines said he loved his Tunzi 235. Greg Carroll 
Yeah, I turned him on to the Yalta Reef Typhoon. So uh, he's all about that. And um, let's see what Steve Berlin says. Um, yeah, no, I think that's enough. I think that gets the point across. Uh, Jason Fox, uh, Reef Octopuses. Um, Joe Caparata said Marine Technical Concept was another one. When you Man, didn't mention a- that uh, I was a fan of for a while, it was a Marine Depot sourced brand, but I think Bulk Resupply has them as the Aquamax skimmers. They actually had yes. some cool ones too. Um, but Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was nothing crazy about them, but I just felt like they were usually a really good price point of a skimmer as well. You know, that's something to be said, and I think that's a great note to end on. There's a lot of, there's a lot of brands that get a lot of attention for being very high priced and high performance. And then there's a, another subset of brands that, you know, uh, turn a lot of heads for being very cheap, but protein skimmers that are like firmly middle of the road and just kind of nail all the best points um, that is not necessarily cheap, but also not like uh, pushing the envelope. They don't really make any waves, you know, but, uh, Goodness, we've been at this for three and a half hours talking about protein skimmers. I am glad <laughs> we've got this one in the bag. Yeah, I don't think we ever we have one. to talk about skimmers again. It's like, I just go uh, to that episode. <laughs> we've got two sessions. We're going to have to yeah. break this up. I'm going to thank everybody who's still listening with us after the first part and the second part. I'm not quite sure what we left on the table about protein skimmers from their functions, from their features, their accessories, the brands, and their histories. But I'm sure there's someone listening right now who is typing out a nice long essay for us in the comments, watching on YouTube, telling us about their favorite protein skimmer brand that we forgot. But just know we threw three and a half hours at it. Mark, I want to thank you so much. You you really deserve your trip to Hawaii next week. We're going to have an uninterrupted sessions of reef therapy, man. This has been awesome. Great trip down memory lane talking about protein skimmers. And uh, we'll catch everyone on another session of reef therapy very soon. Yes. See you after my trip. All right. Sounds good. Bye, everyone.